Hello, amazing podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be back with you again. We have got an absolutely exceptional episode of the podcast for you today. We have Daniel Mangena on, and we are talking about dreaming with your eyes open. He is a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, podcast host, and a business transformation coach. We go into a lot of uh, great topics in this episode. We talk about realizing there is no certainty, the value of time, how indoctrination in the school system starts at five, the Pareto principle. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I might not be. Uh, The Dreamer's Manifesto book, Stepping Beyond Intention, Radical Personal Responsibility. Um, We go into God the Creator, Victim versus Creator Consciousness, the work of Ray Dalio, Overcoming Fear, Reframing, and Re-Educating, and so much more. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. My apologies for the hiatus. My family and I were in Italy for a month for a wedding, and uh, we are moving households across the country. So it's been a little bit crazy over here and we'll be getting to uh cranking out a lot of epic episodes just like this one uh real soon so if you want to support the show go over to mattbelair.com uh become a member check out exclusive content do three kind acts wherever you are in the uh in the world that's the best way and uh join the email list so you can stay in touch so just thank you guys so much for being here i appreciate you and let's uh come into a state of peace and coherence before we begin this episode wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, strength, power, courage, and get ready to enjoy this incredible episode with Daniel Mangena. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship, so if you'd like to support this show, share episodes far and wide, uh, consider becoming a member at mapillaire.com where the episodes are backed up you can get exclusive content you can access that for free or by donation but most importantly consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today today's guest is a successful entrepreneur best-selling author podcast host of do it with dan and beyond success a business transformation coach and an international public speaker who is known for programs and content that take clients and students to next level living. He has helped thousands of people across the globe achieve wealth mastery and truly abundant lives. Featured on CNN, CBS, Fox, The Jack Canfield Show, and in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazines, his mission is to spread his teachings worldwide with the intention to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role and enabling them to manifest their dream life. Welcome to the show, Daniel Mangena. What? We got the name right. We got the name right. I think is, I'm, I'm like, I'm so chill about that because again, the G and the E makes you think it should be Mangena. So I've spent like more than 30 years with Mangena, Mangena. So we're all good. But thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Excited to get into it and to pour into the people tune in. Yeah, man, I'm excited to, you know, dive in. I took a look at your work and you've written, you know, several books of all, you know, each one we can kind of dive into and I think have all episodes. Uh, The one I'm most interested about is stepping beyond intention because I feel like uh, intention is so important. You know, the dreamers manifesto and I love your, uh, you know, tagline or something that you write. It's like, you know, dreaming with your eyes open. And I feel like that's so important in today's world, especially as we have this really rocky situation going on with the current structure. You know, I was Mm -hmm. having a conversation the other day about how our parents' opportunity was kind of like a set path 
where mm-hmm. our generation is a lot different. There's a lot more opportunity from what was given to us from our parents. Um, mm-hmm. But now we have this other situation going on. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your background, your work, how you got to uh, doing this and, and what you're up to today. Well, first of all, most of all, I always love to make sure I make very clear, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, they come to do the kind of work that I do. And they're like, yes, I was in the corporate world, but I felt unfulfilled and something was calling me, but I didn't know what it was. And then I did ayahuasca and my mind opened. That's not what happened with me. I actually was living my best life at the time. Um, and to give some backdrop to that, I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 23. And so by the time I got to you know, 2016, when I kind of started getting the tugs to come and do this kind of work, I'd rebuilt my life. I had a business that was doing a hundred thousand pounds a month. Um, I, you know, I had my tailor, I had some nice watches. I was flying first class, hanging out with my friends in different parts of the world, rocking the boat on that to come and be a poor teacher. Didn't really make much sense to me. I'm like, I don't really give two <laughs> flying flugerods about other people right now. Like I'm working a few hours a week, <laughs> loving life mixing that up to kind of take a risk. Like I've worked too hard to build up something now that lasts to throw it away. And then the crazy thing is, is that, you know, we have times when we think we know what's available and we think we know what all the goodies are and can be. And I had this really profound meditation experience on the 13th of February, 2018. And there's a whole backstory to that. When I actually had like this three-dimensional virtual reality experience of exactly what my life would look like if I said yes to the call and that yes, your life is good, but there's something more than. So I wasn't running away from anything. I actually really did truly get called to do this and originally didn't intend to make any money with it. Just genuinely wanted to share the work with people, um, which was the Beyond Intention paradigm principally at the time. Uh, And it's exploded over the last few years. and, And now we do really, really well. We get to help a lot of people and I still get to do the first class flag. I still get to have the table. I still get to have the nice watches. So it all works out at the end. (laughs) <laughs> well, that is a little bit of a different story. And um, I like how you're making 100,000 pounds because in Canadian dollars, I think that's, you know, infinite money, you know, one pound <laughs> goes, a, <laughs> goes a long way, man. The pound is strong. So yeah, the pound um, is strong. The pound yeah. Is strong. So in that journey, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they, they, I think the base level programming is make as much as money as you can in the most stable way with the least amount of work possible. Right. So wherever your education and your upbringing is like, that's what you're going to do. And you have this path set out for you. Um, Then you can get a little bit more intentional. It's like, okay, what do I want to do in the world? What's my purpose? What's my unique gift? What's my calling? But that Mm -hmm. is not steady. And especially if you have a family, um, it's Mm -hmm. very risky, right? Because you're creating that on your own. You're, you're going on the entrepreneurial path, right? It's not certain. Mm -hmm. And so for you, when you're working with people, um, how do you like, how do you frame money in, in a way? Um, that is maybe a little bit different and more helpful. And then how yeah. do you people who want to like, uh, I don't know whether they want to stay stable and do something on the side or fully transition into what I feel like is the apex is meaningful work that can support your family. Right. And mm-hmm. in my experience, it's been, sometimes you make a lot, sometimes you make a little, it's not always tons, but it's, it's getting the value in your life. What do you value most? So maybe mm-hmm. you're a corporate person where working 60 hours, but you have no family time. So once mm-hmm. you get super clear on the things that are most important, it seems that you're able to architect that reality over time by stepping in. And that's where we get the faith in, in my view of God, creator, spirit. It's always provided when you're mm-hmm. moving in that way, because you're, you're, um, you know, participating with life. It's beyond the certainty of 
you know, this is my paycheck per week and this is the thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then basically the matrix gives me these coupons and that's yeah. how- <laughs> And the thing is that the matrix isn't certain. The matrix gives you the illusion of certainty. I remember when, um, when lockdowns and stuff first started kicking in, I did a workshop um, in Mexico City. I live in Mexico, as you know, and uh, it was called dealing, you know, manifesting in the face of uncertainty. And the, the first thing I said in the workshop was the big thing here is that you're actually realizing that you had no certainty. The true awakening here isn't how am I going to deal with it? It's no, the truth is you never had certainty. Now that illusion is gone, now we can build something, right? Um, because a business, ask the people that worked at Enron in the 90s. They thought they were in this multi-billion dollar company. They were putting all their money into stock and company stock. They thought they were killing it. Turns out the whole thing was a massive Ponzi scheme, right? And Aside from that, that I was speaking with someone the other day, there's this whole concept of the zombie company that's literally surviving on credit and debt and isn't making enough money to, to really expand. And they're just in this perpetual cycle. Ask the people that lost their house in 2008 and lost their job. Like certainty is not real. And I think the true power for us as humans comes in grasping and thriving against the backdrop of there being no certainty and being able to deal with that efficiently. That's what I think really is the power. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that's a really powerful outlook because it's true. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a true thing, right? You have this illusion of thir- certainty, even, you know, people who bought into like the retirement or things like that. They just see them end up evaporating because they trust in this system where maybe back in the day you could, but even then you could pass away on your journey to retirement, right? Exactly. Almost sold. It's like work 40 hours, get a little bit more vacation, you know, stack your money. So <laughs> when you realize everything, you know, is not certain, you know, one of your books here is uh, from time to time. And, and, the, yeah. and you talk about the value of time. I'd love for you to kind of touch on that. Like what have you experienced is the mental shift or these important value sets that we can, um, incorporate into our life to then begin navigating in this way because it's very unfamiliar. We're not taught mm-hmm. it. It's not common knowledge. And most people outside of you say, that's crazy. This isn't going to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your what's your 25-year plan? What will you do if you're not getting this government money? You know? So got to deal with all that too. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I'm from the UK. You know, we're a deeply welfare state where, you know, the funny thing was that a few years ago, a good few years ago now, uh, the then political party wanted to bring in a rule that benefits couldn't exceed the average income of the average working family. So they weren't saying we're gonna make benefits and welfare payments really low so you can't survive. They were just saying, let's cap it at this amount, which is what the average working family makes. And there was uproar, people were crazy. They said, no, you can't do that. That's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, when you look at, the education system so my son's 18 months old I know you've got you've got a a child as well my son's 18 months we didn't send him to a normal school we sent him to a a Montessori so he you know his brain's going to function and 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 think a bit differently but even when you look at like ordinary schools from literally three four five years old they train you one person tells you what to do tells you when to eat tells you when to sleep then you go to the next stage of the game and you have to sit in rows and you have to learn this stuff that doesn't even really impact your everyday life. But if you don't remember it, then you're going to get told you're not good enough. And then you go to the next stage and then you go to the next stage and then you give them your life force because they put you into student debt to go on to another programming to then put you into the workforce where you're working. And if you look at where the current education 
structure comes from, it's based on the Victorian workhouse. They literally were training little worker bees that were numbed and not trained to do any critical thinking, not trained to think for themselves, not trained not to question, not to raise, only to raise your hand when you're told to. And that's what we're, we're told to do. So you have people going off and doing that. And we don't understand, number one, what you have to contribute to the world is important because we're not tra trained to be individuals. We're trained to be these homogenous little worker bees. And in, from time to time, although the whole purpose of it was teaching time mastery, the only way that we can get to mastery of time is when we start with understand mastery of our contribution with the time that we have. And when we can do that, then we can break it down and start to leverage time. Then we can start to bring in the Pareto principle. We can start to scale and leverage what we can do with our time because we're not trying to do it all. We're not trying to do other people's job. We're focusing on contributing our gifts to collaborative growth towards a fixed intention so we can actually add value in the world because that's all business and entrepreneurship is, is adding value into the world. But we're not taught to add value. We're taught to be these mindless, air-sucking, zombie consumers that gobble whatever the media, whatever the education, whatever your boss, whatever your president or prime minister's told you and not to question yeah 100 percent. and can you restate what that principle was and explain it a little bit the pareto principle so the pareto principle was come up with a guy something something pareto in the 1700s i think it's vincenzo Pareto. pareto i can't remember his name but in the 1700s he basically did the um the maths on this thing that generally speaking and, and it'll be off by a couple of percent either way 80 percent of our results come from 20 percent of our effort so 80% of a, a country's money is generated by 20% of its people. 80% of your time is actually wasted pretty much because most of your results and the efficacy come from 20%. Even when you look at um, working out, it's those last couple of reps that actually do the work. The rest of you just warming up to it. It's those two reps that really count. And yet you find people, they get to the bit where they can't really do it and they stop, but that's where the work actually happens. So if you look at your life, you'll actually find that most of your results are coming from around 20% of your energy output. 20% um, of what you read is leading to eight to the bulk of what you learn. 20% of what you eat is actually leading to the nutritional value that's actually keeping your body functioning. It works across the board. And it's really, really fascinating because he did the math on it. And this is something that's held true for a good two, 300 years. Yeah. And I totally agree with what's going on with the school system and, uh, you know, society at large. Right. I knew this very young age. I knew something was wrong but to kind of <laughs> uncover that. Right. Um, and see, oh, they're just they're creating employees. Right. They're not teaching yeah. you to think independently. And that was the yep. inspiration between Zen Athlete and a lot of the coaching I do is like, well, if you took I was learning peak performance first. Right. And, and well, marrying that with like, who are you? Like, how do you mm. want to live? You have this this life. But we think the most important thing is to make money and have stability when there is no certainty, right? That's not, yeah. that's a part of life to earn income. Um, but like you said, what about value? And, you know, the most successful friend I have who is incredibly stupid wealthy, um, you know, he just thinks about, you know, how do I add value? It's just a simple thing. And I actually watched him start several businesses like that from, from nothing, a few sales to more and more and more by getting feedback and making it better. And just, mm -hmm. you know, it's very, very simple, but we are not taught and trained like that. And, and a lot of people, they don't want that responsibility as well. So it is a, it is a bigger task to go on your own because it's very easy to have somebody tell you what to do to get the paycheck. And then you can blame someone. Right. Yeah. So you, the accountability is now off. Right. It's, it's a much easier path. But when we want to, let's say, go on to this other path, this new way of thinking of thinking about, you know, um, like what we're going to contribute in your book. Uh, I forget what the title is, but uh, it talks about how to identify and follow your purpose. Uh, oh, the dream is manifesto. 
Yeah, yeah. I love, what a beautiful name for a book. Uh, you know, to expect the best, uh, use fear as motivation. You talk about a lot of important principles in there. So when, let's say you're a little bit stable, got a job, you don't love it, uh, but you want to kind of move this way. What are some of the steps a person can take? Be- and how do they make peace with that uncertainty of this is mm-hmm. my steady paycheck of whatever it is. If I do mm-hmm. this, you know, everything might fall apart and, you know, I'll be poor and on welfare and everything will be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the, one of the core principles that I love to remind people is that you have to be in a conducive space to create. You have to be in a conducive space to create. Now, if you just sack the job in today and go off to try and be an entrepreneur, you're probably going to throw it all away. Right. And you don't have to make such a big leap that leaves you in an unstable mentally and emotionally unstable position because you're not going to be able to create physical stability in your life if you're mentally and emotionally you know off kilter because oh my god I've packed my job in I've got to pay the mortgage I've got to feed the kids or whatever so what I always say is like ask yourself what can I do today to start to build a new identity of independence and if you do that consistently every day I mean I've supported people get into financial freedom where they can leave their job within 60 days just by honoring this principle of every day doing one thing Maybe it's doing some research into where your skills can be sold out in the marketplace independently. Maybe it's looking for doing some research into what you can do. Maybe it's then starting to take some action on that, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't take that long to create that new situation if you do it in a way that allows you to actually be able to execute on it. Because again, you go pack in the job tomorrow, you're going to be in fight or flight. And as you know, fight or flight is not a way that your brain's going to be able to function effectively to make the right choices that are going to move you forward. You're going to be in fear. You're going to be in scarcity. You're going to be going down a spiral. Now, some people can thrive in that, but everybody can thrive by taking what I call micro shifts, these little steps towards the goal. If you do that with deep intentionality, you'll always win. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. Um, in Stephen Kotler's work, he just talks about the 4% principle. You know, improve, if you're into flow, uh, flow state, you know, improve by 4% or even like this little, like, you know, push by 4%, right? A little bit more. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. bench, you know, deadlifting 100 pounds of 104 the next time, right? To, yeah. you know, kind of stretch yourself. But if you are not, if you are not have a, um, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, what's the bottom one? Safety and security or something yeah, like that. Safety, security, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah, need to have that, right? So you don't you just explode done. it because then you're not going to get creative ideas, yeah. right? So you have to, you know, there is a reasonable path. You don't have to explode everything you know, but it's those little bits. I actually had a conversation with one of my best friends about this and he's got a stable job. And all I said is the same thing. Yo, just do a little bit. What is it that you like? You know, every mm-hmm. night if you come home and spend 15 minutes and just brainstorming yeah. on the way to your work, right? Maybe you start listening to some different audiobooks, but it's that mm-hmm. little bit over time. Um, I don't know who, you know, someone said it was Jerry Seinfeld, but I'm sure it came from somewhere else. He'd say, you know, he'd write a joke a day rather than try to write 30 jokes, you know, uh, once a month, right? Those little yeah. tiny steps is going to change the whole directory of your life because mm-hmm. you're coming from intention. And I believe the universe wants to support you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the basics of law of attraction, where it's like whatever you give your attention, energy and focus to, you get of more of. It doesn't yeah, mean, it, you know, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean like it's going to be easy, but it could be. Um, it yeah. doesn't mean it's going to be immediate, but it could be pretty quick. Yeah. Um, it means you're willing to walk that path. And um, I had Chris Duffin on. He's, you know, the only guy in the world to squat and deadlift a thousand pounds for reps, successful entrepreneur. Yeah. And he just said, you know, don't go into it if you, you know, um, are not really to, not willing to fail, not really to give everything because you yeah. have to be willing to kind of give your, your, your way of being to this mm-hmm. thing. Right. And so it's like kind of a simple mind shift, but you'll notice over time, the universe supports you because it's who you truly are. You think about adding value to the world. 
-hmm. And then it's like, okay, let's reward you for that value. So when people are on this journey, um, you talk about, you know, how to identify and follow your purpose. If people don't know, have anywhere to start, you know, what do they, what do they begin to do? So one of the things I actually crush is the idea that purpose is this magical land that we get to one special day. Like when you finish, when you come off the high, like I was on my men's group this morning and one of the guys did a, uh, a licensed ketamine journey. And it's like, he got some revelations, but the guy's, he's like 50 something years. Old. He's been working on himself for decades. And so he got to the other side of it. But so many people are waiting for this magical point or they want to go and do like the plant medicine. They want to go and do the thing or go off and be on a, a, a passion or whatever. Like it's not required. All you need to do is ask yourself this. In this moment, where is my heart leading me to go that doesn't infringe on where other people's hearts are being led to go also? What feels right for me that doesn't infringe on others? I will say, what feels good right now and does no harm? If you literally follow your heart in that way, day by day, how the hell can you not be living your divinely given purpose? Remembering that the heart is an instrument of the divine speaking into our life. If you're listening to that and following it, how can you not be on purpose? Now, of course, over time, you'll get more clarity, but for everybody that's lost, I just say, stop trying to get this big thing and just listen to where your heart's going to be. Because here's the thing, the tapestry of the universe is made of all kinds of threads. Your purpose may be the smile that you give to people every day. Your purpose may be to be a parent. Your purpose may be the role that you have in the job that you're in. You don't know. There are billions of people and trillions of different moving parts that keep our, the fiber of our reality together. And we as humans don't have the computing capacity to work that out. So instead of trying to work that out, it's about asking yourself, what is my heart leading me to do now? And following that day by day. Again, what feels good and does no harm to others? What doesn't infringe on others? If you're doing that, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I absolutely love that answer and, and totally agree. It's like, uh, it's not an end destination. You know, working no, in athletes, it's not about winning the Stanley Cup and that makes you whole and complete. It's the whole journey because when you look at children, are they whole and complete when they can ride a bike? You know what I mean? When they get past grade three or four, when they can, you know what I mean? It's a whole life uh, process that we're continually evolving through. But in your early 20s, when you're supposed to finish university, that's when you're supposed to have things figured out. Figured out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's this constant evolution. And I, I totally agree where your life purpose can be that simple uh, thing. And you're going to like, uh, like given a smile or whatever the case is, because you know, you have these goals, maybe you, you, you want to be a Tony Robbins or something. Well, yeah. he's, he's got to navigate all his life, all his relationships. And the more you immersed you are in the moment, you know, in your relationships and, you know, just washing the dishes and in a car ride and all these different things, you're going to hear life speak to you more. You're going to be guided more rather than I got to get to this next thing. That's more important, mm-hmm. right? The dishes aren't important. I got to get to, you know, making this podcast. That's important. Then mm-hmm. I got to go get groceries, but it doesn't matter who I am when I get those groceries, right? But the more immersed I am, maybe I help an old lady with a cart. Maybe I, you know, I'm kind to the person who helps me, right? All these little tiny things. That's truly, you know, your life purpose and who you are. It goes beyond just what you do for work. That's just a part of it. So I a hundred percent agree with everything that you're, you're sharing there. And so, um, you know, when you wrote your book on intention, that's another thing I think is, is massive. And so <laughs> when, when you wrote the book, stepping beyond intention, there's a lot of great chapters in here, a lot of, uh, great insights. I just love for you to explain a little bit about why you wrote that book and some of the uh, principles our, our listeners can take from it. Yeah. So, I mean, that book really was my life's work. It took me about a decade five drafts, different names, getting beyond myself, overcoming fear, 
I mean, there's stuff in there. You know, I speak about my suicide in that book and like my parents hadn't been told about that yet or whatever. I'd spoken to my family. So there was a lot of truth that I shared in there that I, I wasn't really quite ready to, to open up about. And it was, it was a big thing for me to be able to do so. Um, and, but principally, what I got to in that book was distilling the path that I went on to come from someone who is sitting in, a, in his own you know, misery, feeling so pathetic that he didn't even feel like he could make a suicide attempt because he thought he'd fail at that and he didn't want to be the loser who couldn't even kill himself to getting to the person who's, you know, hanging out with Richard Branson, getting mentioned by Oprah and all these kind of other stuff and getting to have impact in the world every day. Like, what does that journey look like? Because there were discernible steps. The first of them was radical personal responsibility. The first step of beyond detention is accept. I'm the author and creator of my life. There is nothing that has shown up in my life that hasn't been as a result of a choice made consciously or unconsciously that's manifested in form, none. And there's nothing that will show up that won't be the result of some kind of choice made consciously or unconsciously that will manifest in form. When I've got that, then I can start to move on to the rest. But if I'm trying to create a life consciously, how the hell can I deploy agency in my life that I've given away through blame, that I've given away through, you know, uh, making other people responsible, that I've given away by being a victim? I can't. And until I've got all of that, then all of this conscious stuff, trying to do the law of attraction, but you're still trying to blame the government for the fact that your life's a piece of crap or your mom or whatever, it's not possible. The two can't sit in the same space. You have to radically claim everything. When you can do that, then we can start to make new choices. And for me, step two is understanding that real choices can only be made in a real way, in a real place. And the only thing that's real is right now. So if I'm in the past, in my trauma or in my stories or in my reflections on people or my blame I'm not present if I'm in the future with my fear with my anxiety or my excitement or my overjoy or my uh, anticipation I'm still not present I have to be now in the position of the present witness viewing the past with compassion and viewing the future with constructive positive expectation from now in order to move forward then we move on to building that positive expectation we do that through the practice of a specific formulation of gratitude and then the fourth step for me is the most important. Matt, you know, as well as I do, we are freaking human. <laughs> You're not going to go and hit your personal best in the gym every week. You're not going to be up to go and do that 10 mile run every day. You're not going to feel like honoring that diet every day. You're not going to love your kids every single day. You're not going to love your partner every single day. You're not going to love yourself every day. You're not going to be happy every day. You're not going to be up every day. You're not going to want to do the work every day. Honoring that with conscious awareness, thinking and feeling with awareness, that's what listening is all about, allows me to recognize, oh, wow, I'm not really showing love to my partner right now. Is there something going with something I'm not accepting within myself? Okay, I can course correct. Oh, wow, I didn't really show up as the dad that I want to be for my kid just then. What's going on inside of me that I can course correct so that I can give them the love that they deserve? Oh, what's going on with me going off to go and eat that junk food that I know doesn't even make me feel good? Am I loving my body enough? What can I do to course correct? I'm not making the choice in my business. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So I can course correct, but I can only do that if I'm present enough with enough compassion for myself to course correct and make new choices. And that's what Beyond Intention is all about. Well, I love that. And I think you're right when it starts with radical personal accountability and responsibility, <laughs> because you're going to go from the idea of uh, being a victim to a creator. So yeah. if you're in victim mode, you can't solve it yourself, no matter how horrible <laughs> the situation is. You know, I had a friend who 
um, you know, unfortunately he got paralyzed and he's in a wheelchair and I never once saw him feel sorry for himself. And mm. I just always saw that as, as such a strength. And I was like, I don't think I, I'm sure there was times where it was challenging for him. Uh, but you know, I would just saw that as an incredible strength. And I was like, I would be wallowing, you know, mm-hmm. I, w- I don't know how long I'd wallow, hopefully not forever, but I do know that like that, I, that mindset is not going to get me anywhere. It's not going to get me to a quality of life. It's not going to get me to acceptance. So, and just like, if you lose your job or if you, something terrible happens, we can respond to that. But if we're stuck mm-hmm. in victim, we're not going to be able to find those solutions. And you know, I think ultimately, because we, there is no certainty in this world. Our trust and faith has to go to God and the creator because that's the thing. It, it always is, right? Mm-hmm. If you, I kind of came to this realization during uh, uh, one of our mastermind calls last week that I run, and I just love hearing everybody's uh, mindset. So when I when I mentored with uh, David Lonebear Senapass, they do these circles and everybody would speak. And I'd always learn so much on whatever the topic was from hearing the group because you already have mm-hmm. your own mindset. So everybody always had these uh, you know incredible value. But it just really dawned on me this, this simple idea that if we're here, there's a purpose for it. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, the creator, <laughs> which, which is God, would take us out through yeah. sickness, through a car accident. Through there's something. no waste. There's no waste in the yeah, divine mind. You're here. And so there's, that's, that has for your – so then you can be a representative of that right? Fearlessly, you know, getting out of fear because fear is the thing limiting all of the things. So no matter how dark it is, if, if it all goes to total crap, which is kind of the, you know, if you look at the world, it is pretty dark and disheartening at times, you would be that person, that strength in that scenario, no matter what, because that stuff can't be up to you, right? Mm-hmm. The bigger picture, what's happening, what, what's beyond your control, you can't, you can't help that. But the representative of where you are, of what you're doing, you control all of that. Mm-hmm. Right, and you always control all of that. So I think it's a very empowering way to live. Is from that you know accountability and trust. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what it is. I can respond to this. I am being guided. I am you know loved and cared for. I'm here for a reason because I'm still here. Exactly. So you know what am I doing? Um, and so you talk about the intention setting process as well. And can you just mm-hmm. share a little bit about that? Yeah, and there's a free resource on my website as well for who anyone who wants to go, you know, it's like a graphical step-by-step thing on the intention setting process. But um, I mean, first and foremost, you, 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 you got to know where you want to go for you. And I know this sounds like such a basic principle, but I know from the time of working people going through midlife crisis, time and time again, what I was seeing was people have spent 10, 15, 20 years building a life, successful life, because they'll pay me a lot of money, that just was not making them happy it was leaving them empty it was leaving them devoid of meaning it was leaving them wanting to go do drugs or go and drink alcohol or go and cheat on their spouse or go and break up their family or go and get a harley davidson right it's like you need to know what it is for you and that means starting to actually take responsibility for like what you actually want opening up to desire tempering that against the social contracts of you know moral decency and so on and so forth but you know what is my heart really leading me to one of the ways that I define desire is the heart speaking to you what God wants to speak through you and when you can start to tune into that and tap into that then you've got something that's going to have enough energy behind it enough support behind it enough momentum behind it to get there because ultimately any intention that we're going to set is going to demand a completely new version of ourselves. I can't show up and create a new reality as the same person so there's an ego death that has to happen to the current identity in order to move to the new one and the and the mind will try to protect itself from that. So in order for you to have the resilience, the desire, the momentum and the grit and the gusto to go and move through that, you need to really, really, really freaking want it. You can't be like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I was in better shape? Wouldn't it be nice if I was a better dad? 
wouldn't it be nice if I had some money in the bank? No, you have to be burning with the desire for that thing. And I would offer that anybody that finds themselves stuck on the goal to somewhere doesn't really want it. Because if you really wanted it, you'd be doing it. Because at the end of the day, the, the, the unconscious mind is a terminator. You've never failed at anything. None of us have failed at anything because the unconscious mind doesn't fail. It's just, it's achieving goals that we're not consciously related to the choosing of. And so that procrastination, you didn't procrastinate. The mind just went to whatever your program was actually led to. And it operates at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. So you're not going to keep up with it at that rate. We have to be really intentional about what we're programming into ourselves as that new identity, as that new desire, as that new choice. And so my intention setting process really is about getting clear on what it is I want for me. What's the emotional state or the identity that I need to be in to achieve that goal? Where am I now? And then what steps do I need to take today in order to move into that new identity? And how am I going to be supported in maintaining those steps? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And so this is probably where you touch on reframing and re-educating. So maybe you can kind of share a little bit about those principles because, you know, what's going on with our unconscious mind or even what you're speaking about is basically general self-awareness which we're not mm -hmm. trained to do. That's where meditation will come in or yep. uh, neuro-linguistic programming or journaling. These are all tools to understand what's going on in their inner world to create our outer world and how much time are you being intentional. So, you know, it's a, one idea. It's like, I want to get in shape, but then you got to show up at the gym. You got to go do those things. So that's mm -hmm. actually what you're doing. So then you have something in the physical world to represent these ideas. And that's why it's good to write them down because your, your inner world, when you write it down, now it's in the physical so then you can start tracking all these things. And if you look back, you're going to kind of figure it out. And so, you know, when I, for myself, always have a journal and whenever I do coaching, it's interesting. I say, always write it down. Cause then you're like, wow, what I wrote down as a goal is now a thing, but now I'm onto another thing and it evolves naturally through the processes that you're sharing. So mm -hmm. it isn't like, um, just like when I studied Zen and other things or, or any sport, like sometimes it's not a complicated stuff. It's very simple, but it's done over a duration of time with a certain a, a way, a certain guidance system. And when you're talking about these reflecting values, knowing who you are, um, you know, getting clear and, and monitoring that internal dialogue. So that way you're, you're starting to steer your ship in your life more because that will translate into what you do, what you speak, how you act. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, and as well, I mean, this whole concept of who I am against the backdrop of what I want to step into and the choices that I need to make in order to, to go and make that difference. Again, we're really, and I really want to make sure that the listeners and watchers really grasp this. You will be dying to who you are. There'll, there may be a grieving process. There's going to be an energy output that's going to need to shift. And unless you're ready to do that, you're going to find yourself stuck. So there really has to be a deep commitment to the goal and if it's a half-assed thing, you're just not going to get there at the end of the day. Yep, 100%, 100%. Mm. And so when we, you know, I guess we, we've, we've talked a lot of um, different ideas. And so when we look at the world right now, um, there's a lot of opportunity for change. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, I've noticed a lot of uh, negativity and I'm responsible for some of that uh, because, I, you know, I wanted to know what was going on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it looks like there are going to be potentially financial struggles. We've got, we got, you know, gas going crazy. And this is kind of mm -hmm. all predicted. So if there are people who are, are making it more challenging to earn money, um, to create a living, to have freedom, because that's really what it comes down to. When people, you know, it's not that they want money. They want freedom and opportunity, but they don't even know where they'd spend it. That's where they spend the money on the Harley and all these things. <laughs> if you want a Harley and you love them. And that's a part of who you are. That's fine. If you want yeah. to, and that's who you are, that's fine. But exactly. you got to know that's who you are. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And what's important to you. It's going to magnify who you are when you get more money, 
which equals exactly. freedom. So mm -hmm. when you take all the money away um, and you put everybody on the government, you know, boob, which is what they would like to do, um, you're yep. more easily controlled. And so yeah. when it becomes a little bit more challenging in the system and you were watching these um, landmines, so to speak, what do you suggest for people to kind of navigate that to be in a more adaptive mindset where things might get a little bit more challenging for how they mm -hmm. need to overcome what's happening? Well, one of the universal laws I love, and it's going to sound like a weird diversion, but, but stay with me. One of the <laughs> universal laws I love is the law of polarity. Because what the law of polarity reminds us, there's nothing that's half, everything's whole. So mm. if I have a desire that's burning within me, that's a thought form now. And that thought form must have a corresponding physical manifestation. It's no longer a quantum possibility or something out there in the realm of infinite possibility. The physical thing as an opportunity exists in my physical world, the second that it burns deeply enough within me to go and to, to, to be in my heart, this is one of the principles of manifestation that we teach, right? So, but this stretches to other things too, because if everything is whole and not in half, that means every single experience has a corresponding counterpart that has the matching energy frequency to it. So that means that wherever there's a struggle, there must be a joy in the same space. Wherever there is a trial, there must be an opportunity in the same space, because that's the law of the universe, law of polarity. So for every potential pitfall, downfall, and stress that exists in financial downturn, there must be also, because of the law of polarity, opportunity too. But we as humans are only allowed consciously to be in one place at a time. So we're, we're only going to be on one part of that scale in the moment. Now, if my awareness is fixed on victim mentality, that victim lens of, oh, everything's going to pants, the markets are all crashing, the government stopped the, the unemployment check, what am I going to do? Where's the boob? Where's the boob? Then I'm going to be limited to the perspective of that one side of the polarity. But if I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Where's the opportunity? Where can I create value? You know, what's the next thing? How can I move into this? Then my awareness is going to be opened up to those possibilities and I'm going to be able to create. The fact of the matter is, and I don't mean to sound, in, you know, horrible, but when house prices crash, there are people waiting with cash to go and scoop those houses up and get rich. Now we've got crypto. I think there's a 30 or 40% crash over the last week in Bitcoin. I know people that are pumping millions into crypto right now because they're buying everything that everyone else is throwing away from a space of fear, <laughs> right? Wherever there is challenge, fortunes are being made. Look at the great the Great Depression in the in the US. Fortunes came out of that. Fortunes came out of that because money is an energy. It's neither created nor destroyed. If it's moving from one place, that value is being transferred somewhere else. So the people that sold their crypto up here, that money is now moving into another asset class. What's that asset class? Right? The money that's going to come into crypto is going to come from something. What's going to happen? What's going to take the price back up? Right now, and this is my, we might get censored for this one, so sorry, Matt, but my belief is <laughs> if you look at what's going on right now in Congress around crypto, they're literally working on a bipartisan bill to regulate cryptocurrency in the USA. My belief is that this current crash that's happening in crypto, which should not be linked to the financial markets, is being deliberately manipulated in order to bring prices down so that when the regulations kick in, all that institutional money, trillions and trillions of institutional money, remember they printed six trillion. They made that money appear out of nowhere and they gave it to people. What happened when they gave it to people? They went and spent it. That went to corporations who owned most of the corporations. These same institutional funds are going to take that money 
that you're paying the inflation for, put it into crypto, inflate it, and then sell it back to you later. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely system, isn't it? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great system. But when you understand the system, instead of, there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of the channel Paul Selig, but he channels a, something called the guides. And he's got this great phrase that I love, what you damn damns you back. Mm. I'm not damning these rich people that create these system or these, if you want to think, say it's Illuminati or whatever. I don't really care what they're called or what their agenda is. What I know is there are structures and systems for the way the universe works because it works in perfect order. When you, instead of being a victim, stand up with integrity, stand up with responsibility, stand up with agency and try to understand the system, then you can win without being the disempowering negative dark side of the system you can actually win. So I want to encourage everyone that's looking at all this stuff happening to look at the people that are making money still. Study the work of Ray Dalio. He's got a great book on changing world order and it's a big book, but he's broken it down so you can get like the highlights of it. Go and check out his stuff on YouTube. Everything that's happening now has happened time and time and time and time and time and time again. And guess what? A new order emerges every time. So what's the new order? Go to where the hockey puck's going and you'll win. You're trying to do traditional thing. You've got your money in the stock market waiting for that to save you. Really? You didn't see what happened in 2008? Go to where the money's going. Follow the money. Look at what's going on with the people that are creating value, the people that are creating new industries, creating new trends, and hop on that and go and win. Yeah, I think the most important thing that you shared there is kind of like victim versus what a creative uh, consciousness or uh, adaptive consciousness. And part of that is the education piece. And and one of the examples I share is like if you go um, into the forest in the British Columbia wilderness and you are you have everything you, you have education. You have the tools. You're not going to be afraid if you got lost. It's like, oh, I can navigate this. I'm not in fear yeah. right now. But if you've never camped before, you don't have the right tools. You're going to be pretty <laughs> afraid. But once you take accountability and self-assessment of where you are, you might need to learn new tools to navigate this. And it starts with that prayer or that intent or that personal question. Like, okay, how can I navigate this? You know, where is the opportunity? Like you said, um, because if you don't, and it's also important to, to, to take the world as it is, right? So you have to like, okay, there is a challenging thing. You know what I mean? Things are for real and they're challenging. And you take them at face value. It's like, all right, now what can I do? And that's, I feel like why I share more of the negative stuff so people can look, but I, yeah, I wanted to, but I don't want them to stay there. I want to say there's always a way to adapt from that, but you need to be aware if there is going to be a harm. Like if you go camping, um, you're probably going to need a knife. You're probably going to need a tent. You're probably going to need something to dry off of. It's because if you don't, you can get a very serious consequence. So mm-hmm. if you don't take for reality for what people are, you know, trying to do, it's like uh, another example is like, if I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the face as hard as I can, right? It's really going <laughs> to hurt. You know what I mean? So if you're like, oh dear, you know, you step back, <laughs> step back and you, and you miss it. You're like, oh, that's not an issue. I'm just going to move over here. So the same thing yeah. <laughs> with these structures It's like, okay, well, yeah, I see this happening, but who's building something else, right? Mm-hmm. And, what am I doing? You know, okay, I see this issue. What can I do to respond to this situation? What's most important to me? Quality of life for my family, um, being able to provide all these different things. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. opportunity exists so I can go do that? And mm-hmm. it might come with a sacrifice of an old way and an evolution and mm-hmm. an adaptation. But when you go this way, what I've found is that the universe really gives you all check marks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, all these different things that line up and say, oh, you know what? Although it's a leap, you just keep getting yeses, you know, and even mm-hmm. if it's, even if you're not um, familiar with how to kind of navigate that yet, because for me, I've kind of done it my whole life and it just, it happens for me. And I notice it happens for a lot of other people too. 
as long as you're in that intentional mode that you shared in your ref, in your um, reflecting, um, mm-hmm. you will learn from that, and there'll be another jump. You know, because mm-hmm. my belief and kind of shared this a little bit before is that the creator is here for you. You can mm-hmm. be and choose to be a representative of God. So mm-hmm. even so, you have to give all of the fear and you know what's your biggest fear? You know, you no know, money on the street, blah blah blah. Well, you can be that representative anywhere and any time. And as you begin to co-create with God, you're going to find a solution to empower yourself and more people, your community and others by finding solutions. Or you can sit in fear and kind of get buckled by what is happening outside of you, right? So it's a, it's a different way to look at things. So uh, do you want to kind of reflect or share anything on that? Yeah, I mean, again, where you place your attention is where you place your energy and where attention goes, energy flows. And where energy flows, then you get manifested outcomes and realities. And I think if people understood just how much of their reality is being created on their unconscious programs, matching where they place their focus, they'd be a lot more mindful of where they place their focus. I love that you keep making reference to family. Like there's a common thread there that you've got a really clear North Star on what you're doing things for. There's a macro intention for what you're doing. And yet so many people are just being led mindlessly from one thing to the other. They've got no North Star. They've got no general direction. They've got no macro intention. They wonder why their life looks like a mess. If If people take one thing from this conversation today, I would say get clear on where you are going and do so knowing that, as you said, we are literally the divine in form. And if anyone wants to argue with that, I would say, well, when you speak about the universe, God, source or whatever, is it omnipresent? Well, yeah, well, then there's nowhere at no time that the divine is not. There's no cell in your body. There's not the divine in manifested form. But the difference is, is that I'm not God, but God is me. That's the difference. And when I can take on that mantle of responsibility, take the gift of direct of conscious creation that's been given to me and start to direct and flow that it's going to be very difficult for me to be a victim. It's going to be very difficult for me to be a filthy uh, air breather. That's not contributing to reality. Cause I'm going to recognize my divine mission to make a contribution in the world as an agent of the divine in the world. Very well said. <laughs> I can't, I can't uh, find superbly said, I don't know. That was, that was very beautiful. Uh, you know, I've, <laughs> You know, I've enjoyed this conversation thoroughly, and I'm just curious, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you'd like to speak about before we have to close this show and you got to jump? I think the only thing I would say is we've, we've gone, you know, down the rabbit hole a little bit on personal responsibility, on intentionality, on being a filthy air breather, on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? At the end of the day, this stream of consciousness that you are right now gets one run at it. Right. There's an infinite number of streams of consciousness, which at its truth, we all are and blah, 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 and all of the things. But you, as this combination of thoughts, experiences, memories, as consciousness, only get one go at this and you're not getting out of it alive. So don't take it all so bloody seriously. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if people oh, want thank to you find your work and um, stay in touch, where, where do they go? dreamwithdan.com dreamwithdan.com where we you know we give you the resources to dream with your eyes open the intention setting cheat sheet that i spoke about earlier is on there and some other really cool stuff but dreamwithdan.com easiest place to find me everything's there awesome well thanks so much for coming on the show i appreciate you and your work and uh, we'll see you again thank you bud okay take care see you guys 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Daniel Mangena. I hope that you enjoyed this show. And if you did, please share the episodes far and wide. Help us spread the word and get these amazing shows and these amazing guests with their knowledge out there. If you want to support the show and connect with me, go to mattbelair.com, join the email list, uh, can consider becoming a member of the community uh, by donation or for free, whatever you'd like. Just let me know. There are options on the website and you can follow my work on Telegram and some on Instagram, but mostly Telegram because it's the least censored and YouTube and some other platforms. So thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to putting out a lot more new content when this move is over. So this is going to be another month of uh, just personal family stuff and then uh, back to grinding out incredible episodes of the show for you. So if you have any uh, questions or any feedback, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. Or if you want to work with me or you're curious if uh, what I got going on, again, matt at zenathlete with all general inquiries. So thank you guys so much for listening. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, power, courage, faith, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.